Good evening, everyone. Welcome. So, any questions tonight? Yes. I might not be all the way formed yet, but on the way here, um, considering how far it is to get here and the journey that's involved, um, it had me thinking about the idea of Padasevanam, and I wonder if you could just talk about that limb of bhakti a little bit more. Oh, yeah, Padasevanam. Literally, it means to serve the feet, lotus feet of Krishna. So, Ramesh? But um, I guess you can do it with your feet <laughs> as well. So, uh, it means also, Sevana means seva, and Prada means feet. So, the uh, classic example is of Lakshmi massaging the feet of Narayan. Hmm? So, in that sense, it involves some personal service to the lotus feet. Once, that's a really esoteric idea, what are lotus feet? Um, and, uh, different ways to think about that, but... Um, ordinarily in a barefoot culture which is uh, uh, India of times gone by was more such and and Krishna in particular would uh, refrain from wearing shoes when cow herding because he, he, he wanted to be more like the cows and uh, and uh, that was a concern uh, for Yashoda. It's a kind of a daily concern. There's this very dramatic um, the, um, event that takes place in Krishna Leela on a daily basis wherein Krishna is departing with his friends into the forest with the cows and the villagers are left behind. Hmm? on the other side of the forests and it's blossoming and blooming and the animals and the plants and so forth excited about the prospect of union with Krishna for the day but meanwhile there's separation on the other side amongst the villagers the parents in particular um, the gopis also but the gopis are already uh, kind of feeling separation because they can't openly express their affections and so forth and indeed in, in midday they are able to steal away into the forest and, and rendezvous with Krishna. So the real pangs, if you will, of separation in, uh, in this time in Leela arise in the elders, elder gopas and gopis who have their work to do, and particularly Yashoda is the, is the mother of Krishna. She is the pinnacle of Vatsalya Rasa, parental love. And so it's a very pathetic scene where Krishna is leaving and entering into the forest. It's very uh, beautifully played out in some of the uh, poetic, rasic texts. And um, and um, she's calling on Balaram, the elder brother, Gauji, of Krishna to protect him and places Subhalyustaya on the left and uh, Sridham on the right and 
so forth. She actually gives a mandala. If you play it out the way she speaks, it turns into a mandala for Sakiras and surrounding Krishna as he enters into the forest with his cows on all sides by different gopas. It's said that Krishna's antakaran, his his internal, it's a, a yogic concept. Are you familiar with that? Antakaran means the internal organ that consists of buddhi, chitta, manas, and hankar. It's said that the pradhan, material nature, is is um, in a a uh, undisturbed condition of equibalance, and with the the glance of consciousness, it becomes agitated. And buddhi, which is discrimination, this is very the first thing. It, it has the power of of, ref, of like reflection. So consciousness is reflected in it, and it is, illuminates the buddhi. And then uh, this is how the world comes about by the sankhya philosophy of the Bhagavatam. So I'll relate it back to the, what we're talking about. But as a, as an aside. The buddhi is illuminated, so this this um, s- matter has a a physical and a psychic dimension in in the Bhagavad philosophy. Nowadays, people many people think the matter is just physical; it's just made up of of primary qualities of weight and uh, mass and uh, whatever velocity and all of these quantitative. Um, Properties, qualitative properties. They're uh, subjective in the mind, which is thought to be well something that really is a brain, and we haven't figured it out yet. Um, and uh, so, but but in in the Bhagwat description of matter, then there is a psychic dimension to matter, physical dimension and a psychic dimension to matter. And to their credit, some people. From our perspective, some people in the scientific community are feeling that they are at an impasse in terms of trying to reduce consciousness to matter, and they do posit a possibility of another form of matter, a subtle form of matter called mind that might have different laws and by which it works and, and so forth. Uh, the Australian philosopher David Chalmers has a philosophy like that. I think he calls it naturalistic dualism because he thinks that the mind emerges from the brain which is gross matter but then it it has an independent type of um, well it's a different category of matter then it becomes it's something like that. So there are different um, well a number of different efforts to try to understand matter these days. Um, we've been talking about that before you came, but um, in the Bhagwat's description of matter, as I say, basically there's there's these two di- two dimensions, the physical and the psychic, and the psych the physical dimension comes out of the psychic dimension, and and both of them, the physical and the psychic, are driven really by consciousness, which is ontologically different from matter. It's Antimatter or something spiritual, hmm? transnatural. Hmm? So, um, in, in science, they have the question now in philosophy of mind: How does if the mind is 
something unto itself, how does it influence the physical matter? Hmm? That's not... The question for us would be more, how does consciousness influence the mind? <laughs> um, but mind, this is a broader term, which, by which I mean here, antakaran, with these four elements of buddhi, ahankar, citta, and manas, they're of a different nature than the physical matter. So the bridge, the gap between consciousness and physical matter is very huge. Whereas the gap between subtle matter and consciousness is is lesser, and subtle matter has the capacity to reflect consciousness and act in a in a quasi subject well a subjective way, which physical matter can't. So they have these subjective experiences in the mind, hmm? right, of the physical experience. So there's some subjectivity built into matter, if you will, in the Bhagavad conception of matter in terms of the psychic dimension. But still, its capacity to have qualitative subjective experiences like red, blue, pain, happiness is entirely dependent upon consciousness energizing it, if you will. And But it has the capacity, its nature is such, and again, it's very, very different than subtle matter. Mind is, in a general sense, so much different, excuse me, than gross matter, than, so much different than gross matter that, that, as I say, people think, that how could the two ever meet? Where would they, how do they, you know, touch? Therefore, mind must be just matter, must be part of the brain, really. Um, but again, not everybody thinks like that. So, at any rate, this antakaran is the, the subtle makeup of uh, psychic matter, if you will, and the way it works in 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 terms of the natural world from the Bhagavat's perspective is again, Buddhi becomes illumined by consciousness, and then the the need for individualization hmm, uh, comes um, that we call ahankar. Hmm? Ahankar I mean, literally means. Hum, I, kar means maker. So an I is made. Hmm. So, uh, and then manas and chitta. So chitta is the organ that reflects and and the material experience on it. And mind makes the determinations. I like this. I don't like that. Sankalpa, vikalpa. So this is the antakaran, hmm, the subtle body. That subtle body is thought in the in 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 the Bhagavad in the Gita, to not dissolve, if you will, when the gross body dissolves. Hmm? So you have then, for example, let's say in contemporary spirituality, um, the world over, especially in the West, there are a lot of ideas that are less than spiritual, but they're very different, nonetheless, than our experience of the gross physical world. Hmm? Like people have experience of astral travel, for example, or they read a mind, or in the whole paranormal realm, if you will. Um, So the paranormal realm, or this realm of subtle matter, is so different in a way. To give a crude example, my grandma used to say, in the physical world, we can have gold and we can have a mountain. But 
you'd be hard pressed to find a mountain made out of gold. <laughs> but in the mind, you can have a mountain made out of gold very easily. Hmm? We can do many things in the mind that we can't do physically. Hmm? Um, so there are many more possibilities there. So it's more spacious, accommodating, hmm? and more and very different in terms of possibilities than the physical world. So people have some experience of the subtle world or they want experiences of it and so forth and they consider that to be spiritual. Hmm? But real spiritual life begins with ego effacing. Hmm? And that ego is not effaced with the death of the body. Hmm? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, In me you will not find a drop of prem. Hmm? Such is my condition. Hmm? Uh, hanging on to this life as I am, preserving it. Hmm? Uh, if I had any love, I would give it up immediately. Hmm? Um, uh, uh, instead of spending time maintaining it. But then again, giving up this life physically, one cannot attain Krishna. He told Sanatana this. Sanatana was going to give up his life, Sanatana Goswami, because he had been in the forest in the jungle and he drank some contaminated water and his body broke out with open sores. Mm. When he came to Jagannath Puri to have the darshan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he thought, because of my past experience, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was very affectionate to me and he embraced me. When when he got out of prison, the, the government had imprisoned him for being derelict in his duties, which was as a result of his Krishna Bhakti. As, but he managed to bribe himself out of the prison and he went then incognito because he was like a cabinet mem- member like a, like almost like a, a vice president of the Muslim leader in Bengal although he was a Hindu hmm? and young man well, in his 30s he was given this high position because of his culture and his uh, abilities and so forth and so he escaped from the prison and in order to not be apprehended he dressed himself like a Muslim fakir and didn't dress like a Vaishnav. And so he went across the country like this. And when he arrived in Benares, Benares? Yeah. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was there and he found his way to the place where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was staying. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was at Tapan Mishra, Chandrasekhar's house. And he said, Someone's at the door. A Vaishnav has come. Let him in. They went to the door and they said, there's no Vaishnav there, there's just this Muslim guy. And, hmm? Mahaprabhu said, no, bring him in. Hmm? So he came in and Mahaprabhu saw him and then embraced him. Although he was, he felt he was very... Oh, the first meeting. First meeting. Yeah, he embraced him. Hmm? Then he told him, now go and bathe in the Ganges, and shave your head and dress like a Vaishnav. You're safe here. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Hmm? So knowing the affection of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who, the point being that he embraced him in his condition, traveling and incognito and disguising himself. He could see his heart, understand him, and others thought, this is not a Vaishnav. Who is this guy? Hmm? But uh, 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 Mahaprabhu showed such affection to him, hmm? and knew him. So he thought, I'm going to Puri, but now Mahaprabhu will again may embrace me, and oh, my body is, is so repulsive. Hmm? Oh, I don't want that to happen. 
So I thought he thought I would throw myself under the car, Roth, the chariot of Jagannath during the Jagannath festival. You know the name Jagannath. The, Eng- the, the English came up with this term Jagurnat, the Jagurnat. It's a, it means like a powerful force that they don't get in its way, will overrun anything. It's named after Jagannath because they saw the Jagannath festival there. And millions of people come and the chariots, there's three chariots for Jagannath and Balaram and Subhadra, the deities. And, and, uh, and once they're rolling, it's Jagannath on the move, you don't want to get in the way. So like, and I guess some people, in, in a kind of a form of spiritual suicide, would throw themselves under the cart and think, I'll give it my life like this and be run over by the cart. So Jagannath had this idea, some kind of Vaishnava form of suicide. I don't know of any examples, but he had this idea and he was thinking, That'll be better. My body is useless, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu will maybe affectionate to me like this, embrace me, and I don't want that. So. But Mahaprabhu intercepted him with his omniscience. He said, I have done many things to do through your body. It belongs to me. Hmm. Can I do that? Hmm. And then he embraced him, and all the sores went away. Hmm. So how do we get there? Yeah. Yeah, no, I know we were there, but uh, there's a couple of points in between. <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, the, the, um, the the mental body doesn't die when the. the so Sanatan, so so he he said, if I could have attained Krishna Prem, love of Krishna, simply by killing, giving a death to this body. I would have committed suicide a million times over. It's such a small thing hmm, mm-hmm. to do that. But it can't be attained like that. That's not possible. If it could, oh, immediately, give me the pills, give me the noose, whatever. It's such a small thing. Hmm? Death of this body, which has to die anyway, but it's not possible. The killing of the ego, that is a much bigger thing. So with the death of the body, the ego continues on. That's why when people have... For example, near-death experiences, hmm? they are, it's the same person hmm? is experiencing the near-death experience. They're seeing their body lying there. They've got all the same connections, and then they come back. And so the ego is, the, in other words, our identity is in our head, so to speak, in this subtle body in the antakara. That's where the ahankar is located, if you will. And uh, and so with the demise of the physical body, the antakaran continues, and that's the vehicle through which one goes and takes birth in another body. It's transferred into another reincarnation. Hmm? So in the in the near death experiences, it's the same person. In other words, he carries everything that's in his antakaran, his memories and his sangskars and tendencies and so on and so forth. And, hmm? So it's a quasi spiritual experience. It, it it arguably, people argue against it, but arguably, and there's some pretty good cases of it, is evidence for a mind, from our perspective, or a subtle form of matter living on and surviving the demise of the physical body. But we're interested in something beyond the psychic matter, and that is the self, right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, so... And as there is a subtle and a and a and a more gross 
manifestation of the material energy that makes up our body and personality on the bhakti side. When the jiva, the tatasta jiva, tatasta means the borderline, so it can associate with the maya shakti or Krishna Swarup shakti and it will have identity accordingly. If it associates with the maya shakti, then it will have a particular antakarana and gross body and, and personality. Hmm? If it comes under the influence of bhakti, the sarup shakti, then it will get a spiritual body and a spiritual personality. It means it have a spiritual antakaran. Hmm? So Krishna has an antakaran, but it's a, but it's made of sarup shakti. Hmm? Hmm? So <laughs> it's a long way to get there, but uh, but that antakaran is said to to be personified as Krishna's closest friends in in in, in Sakirasa, the Priyasakas, who are in pure Sakirasa, not mixed Sakirasa, Sridam, Sudam, Vasudam, I think Kinkini. Hmm? They make up his Antakaran. So wherever he goes, they go. Hmm? Hmm. And so so this uh, uh, so the, in the Tantra Shastras, then there's a description of the meditation of Krishna and his Antakaran and then the outer like a lotus and different cowherds. So anyway, when the Mother Yasoda says, you know, Balaram, you stand here, and she's making like this tantric kind of yantra mandala. Hmm? Not consciously, but that would be depicted like that. And, and so that's how it plays out, the symbolic type of language and so forth for meditative purposes, um, for sadhakas. It plays out in leela. Hmm? In, in f- full form, so to speak. All of the rituals do, all of the practice, the artik hmm, that we do in a particular way, it all plays out in the leela also. You, you have the, the seva puja in the morning of 64 items, and Das Goswami is, is, is uh, well, really Jiva Goswami, Jiva Goswami in Gopal Champu. Das Goswami wrote about it as well, but it comes originally from Jiva Goswami, this glorification of Govardhan, where he's described as containing the mountain of Vrindavan. All of the, in his body, all the 64 items of worship that are used in the full worship in the morning of the deity, a mirror, he has shiny rocks that Krishna's reflection can be seen in there, and the birds are chirping, it is the kirtan and the flowers with the smell and so forth, and and um, waters for bathing, caves for resting in, and all the items, you know, that you perform for the deity, which are the kind of things you do for yourself, like you brush your teeth and you wash and you you dress and put on your perfume or whatever, cologne or whatever it is. Uh, uh, all these things are done for the deity hmm? in ritualistic realm, kind of a uh, hmm, the realm of ritual and there's symbolic language and mantra and so forth that are all uh, connected with the offering of the different items. Well, this is a realm that is partially material and partially spiritual, so to speak. It's the meeting, I should say, of the material and the spiritual, kind of the, the sandhyam of the two. And properly approach with the right attitude and, and the right language and movements, ritualistic movement, it was transported hmm, into the purely spiritual world where all these things go on, but in a, in a different um, way, not in an obvious way like offering arctic like this, but 
which Bhaktivedanta Narayan Maharaj used to give the example, and the gopis' hearts are like the, the ghee lamp. And the eyes, they're, they're standing, and Krishna's there, and they're looking at him like this, going around and around from top to bottom, keep going around. So that in the Arctic, you take the lamp and you offer like this around. And it said, it, it, it means, arati means the end of the night, so it's to, it's to shed light on the deity hmm, through worship. The deity is illuminant, is self-luminous, obviously, but through worship, hmm, he becomes, he shines before us. Bargo devasyudhi mahi dio yona So the, 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 he is the light. He is the light, but he is a he is lighted, nonetheless, by bhakti. So, so of course, in ancient times, they didn't have electricity, so. To see the deity, there would be the light. There's different ways to think about it, obviously. And they would light the ghee wicks, and, and so you come and see the deity early in the, in the morning before the sun, sun rises. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the main idea, of course, is here that, that by mm, but the, the Arctic is supposed to be a heart exercise. The ingredients are not so significant. And the way you look at them, you know, you, 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 earth, water, fire, air, Hmm. Ether offered one by one, ahankar undone. Hmm? This is a poem I wrote about Arctic to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, all these items, in other sense, the fan, the the flower, the flower comes from the earth. It, it has smell, so it offers it means smell. The lamp is light, sight, so. The, the conch that we blow is the sound. So, smell, taste, sound, sight, touch. Hmm? These are all elements, if you will, of our material life, according to the Sankhya that I was speaking about before. And then we have this ahankar, hmm? which is a subtle element, the, the identity itself. So, by offering what I'm composed of, so to speak, these elemental constituents of, of, of liquidity, solidity, mm. hmm? uh, 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 fire or warmth, hmm? and uh, taste and touch, all of this offered, all of my sensual activities by which I contact sense objects and become involved in identification with the objective world, let me use them all to offer to Krishna. In the Arctic, all these things are offered. Hmm? right? And so... One by one, then offered ahankar undone is the idea. Another identity arises. The false identity that's tied to my identification with matter is undone. The knot. Schopenhauer called it the world knot. Mm-hmm. The German philosopher who was so much influenced by Indian philosophy, he actually became a Vedantist uh, of sorts. Um, he called it the world knot. Mm-hmm. Ahankar, this attachment that, that gives rise to this uh, false identity, so it's, it's undone in the Arctic. Hmm? What's that? In Sakyaras? Hmm? 
change our identity through this Buddha Shuddhi. I'm not this body, I'm not from this, I'm servant of Krishna in this capacity and I stand before and I'm doing. So the identity changes. So this is sadhana. And sadhana brings sadhya, brings perfection. So, but there's no difference in one sense between the sadhana and the sadhya, between, well, to use a common term, between the journey and the destination. Hmm? A mango is a mango is a mango. Of course, some are ripe mangoes and some are green mangoes, and some are just budding on the on the tree and blossoming. Hmm? But uh, so sadhana is an unripe mango. Sadhya is a ripe mango. So what we do in our sadhana, that will be done in our sadhya. What what perfection? What is it? Practice makes for perfection. So what you practice, that will determine your perfection. So your approach to transcendence will determine the result. Any approach to transcendence has to include ego effacing, the death of the ego. The way in which we approach that that brings the death to the ego, at the same time, will determine the nature of the experience beyond the ego. For some, it's just peace, right? For others, it's active participation, in, and you get a spiritual body, and the spiritual ahankar. Hmm. And so on and so forth. So the whole realm of ritual and sadhana—it's all present in the in the lila, also. Hmm. Hmm. It just fully is fully developed. Here we offer, oh Krishna, Om Namo Idam Naivedyam Klim Krishnaya Namaha. And Mother sort of says, "Come and eat. Uh-huh. Sit down. You haven't eaten enough. Eat more." Hmm. <laughs> so there's a slight difference only. So, Krishna. He has an extraordinary antakarana. It's made out of sakiras. That means he's really his identity is a cowherd. I'm a cowherd, and these cowherds are said they know what everything about him. It's like they're his the internal elements of his eternal form. It's a very abstract idea, but very interesting. So, at any rate, Mother Yasoda says she kind of draws it. So to speak. And you, can you here and she down here and. Subal, it's this one and that one, Sudam, Sudam, and protect him on all sides. And, and and he's going into the forest, right? Mm-hmm. She's very concerned. This Vatsalya Ras is very, uh, uh, very, at this time, very um, type of biog separation starting to experience. He's, he's leaving the forest. Mm-hmm. And, and this issue comes up you have to wear your shoes. And and Krishna says, no. No, I won't wear shoes. Because the cows aren't wearing shoes and the cows go like this. They start breaking up the earth. After this, they have to say, we'll keep it soft. Don't worry. Don't worry. We'll keep it very soft. It's for your feet. Padasevanam. That's what we were talking about. You asked about Padasevanam. Will you serve your feet in this way? And the whole... <laughs> and so they they start to enter into the forest. This Vatsaliras gets some compensation. How's that? Because the the primary uh, example of Sakyaras is Mother Soda. She has to stay behind. Right? But 
the cows go with Krishna. There's a form of sakiras. So Mother Yasoda gets some avatsalyaras, gets some solace from this. As if saying, well, Mother can't go, but Auntie will go with him. Okay. Then I'll know he'll be right. I can't go. See, if, if, if Auntie Leela's there, then everything will be all right. Hmm? It's extended motherhood, something like that. So, with all, <laughs> and the cows are showing, we'll take care. Don't worry. You're breaking the earth. He can go without shoes. So, this happens every day. And it's a huge traumatic event, and, and all kinds of different details come out and, and so forth. This tension between Sakiras and, and Vatsalyaras. There's some tension. Tension between Sakiras and Vatsalyaras, and tension between Sakiras, or Vatsalyaras and Madhuryaras. Hmm? No tension between Sakiras and Vatsalyaras. They are very compatible. Hmm? Even They even take the form, one, in, in, in one form of Sakiras, takes the, the form of, of full participation hmm, in Krishna's romantic life, mixed with Madhurja. So they're very compatible. But Vatsalyaras, parental love, hmm, and Krishna's romantic love, there's some um, obstacle there. And with Sakyaras, you can understand it. It's like a boy wants to go and be with his friends and parents are worried and, and boys goes off or girl goes off with some other boy or girl, and the parents are very concerned. This is a big concern, right? So, some tension between Vatsalya and Madhurya. Not that, not that, not that Madhurya Soda doesn't want Krishna to be with Radha. That's all she wants, but it's not possible. Hmm. Socially, it's not possible. Astrologically, it won't work. Gargamuni hmm? yeah. did the astro- astrological chart. Purnamasi, the mystic, reported that according to his chart he can't, he he won't be able to stay with them if he marries this Radhi or Radha or the other gopis that'll be a problem he will go he's going to go away for a long time hmm? she didn't say it like that that would be too much but but of course this is the fact but he did and they waited for him hmm? forever <laughs> it was a problem but not the kind of problem Problem would be, well, they have to marry somebody else. But no, they couldn't do that. They're Swakiya. Mm-hmm. Really. They are really Swakiya. Swakiya means they belong only to him. There's an appearance of Parakiya, appearing to another, belonging to another, for the sake of rasa. So, because of the Parakiya, that's not allowed. Parents can't allow the Parakiya. Hmm? Friends, they may go along with that. <laughs> <laughs> Your friend may help you with that. It's possible. So, so there's some tension there between Vatsalya and Madhurya and Vatsalya and, and Sakiras. Hmm? The point is, anyway, Krishna's going into the forest. Hmm? On his feet, bare feet, Padasevana means service to the feet. Hmm? So, it's a typical example is say is Lakshmi, serving the feet, but it also means service with the feet. Serving the feet and serving with the feet. That's why when we serve with the feet, by going on parikram, for example, around Vrindavan, hmm, or to holy places and so forth, in the Dham, then you supposed to go, go barefoot. It's ideal. But, Padasevanam. Hmm. Malisoda wants to serve his feet. 
wants them to put shoes on. Cows are saying, we'll service feet like this. Hmm? Uh, so there's direct service to the feet, which means like personal service, and then there's service with feet that you can do. That's padasevanam. Hmm? So it takes different forms. You said you've come a long distance. You had heard me say this is padasevanam. So you want me to say something about it. So we come to what your form of it that you are thinking of appropriately. This means your Bhagavatam says, what are the use, what is the value of eyes that do not look out the form of Krishna? They are like the eyes on the plumes of a peacock. Mm. Hmm? Useless. Hmm? A beautiful section by Sutta Goswami. It's very compelling. Hmm? And he goes through all the bodily functions. Hmm? What is the use of a crown on the head of a king? In other words, if you could attain a king, be a king, which was the the upper echelon of the society, the monarchical society, if you could become a king and have a crown on your head, hmm? people would think he has attained the highest thing you can attain and materially, socially speaking, he's become a king. But that crown on the head only becomes a burden for that head that does not bow down before the beautiful form of Krishna. It's useless. Hmm? The eyes that don't see the beautiful form of Krishna are like useless, like like on the plumes of the peacock. He goes through all these different examples. Hmm? And those legs and feet hmm, that do not are not used to walk to places of pilgrimage, to see the deity and so forth. What does he say they're like? They're like Oh, I can't remember. It's such a beautiful section, though. Hmm? Um, useless, anyway. Like a lame person or something. Hmm? So it's a, it's a whole description of all the bodily you know, functions and so forth and how their perfection lies in their application in relation to Krishna. Or to Krishna's devotee. There's a nice verse. Akshno falam tadisha. Darshanam hi, akshno falam tadisha gatra sangha, akshno falam tadisha jiva, jivanam hi, sudulaba bhagavata hiloke. The perfection of the eyes is to see that person. The perfection of the tongue is to speak about that person. The perfection of touch and association is to associate with that person. Who? Sudulaba bhagavata hiloke who is a real Bhagavata, a real devotee of Krishna, and very Sudulaba Bhagavata Hiloke, who is very rare to find in this world. Hmm? Sudulaba Bhagavata Hiloke, who in this world is very rare to find, to see that person, to hear, to touch, to kusa, that is the perfection of all the senses. These kind of ideas, what our senses are to be used for. We think they're there to do with what we want, and they do what they want with us, <laughs> is the fact. <laughs> You think I shall do what I want with my senses? Hmm? And our reply is, the senses are doing what they want with you. And the tyranny of the mind also. Oh. Hmm. Necessity to know, figure everything out. Hmm. How busy it is. It's, it's tyrannical. Hmm. Therefore the texts say things that just meant to stop, make you stop thinking. Like, what about the beginning? Anadi. <laughs> what? There is no beginning. Next question. Stop your thinking too much. Hmm? It means there's life beyond logic and reason and thought. Again, thought is part of the psychic dimension of, of matter. Hmm? 
We have to go beyond things and beyond thought. Hmm? Meditation is, it means beyond thought. It doesn't mean thinking about Krishna. It actually means beyond thought. A state of mind that is meditative is different than just thinking about Krishna. It's a certain resting, if you will, through spiritual practice of the mind, where thought stops and knowing begins in a different way. Experiential knowing of the subjective, the nature of the subjective self, the Atma, and the possibilities of the subjective world, and so forth. So, Padasevana means, anyway, with the feet, with the legs, and as we'll do service. So, we, when we circumambulate Tulsi, this is, uh, Tulsi worship is also thought to be a form of Padasevana. Circumambulate the Dham, the holy place, um, the circles is also supposed to go from clockwise. No. Clock, yeah. Clockwise. Clockwise. Hmm? In bhakti, it's clockwise. Hmm? In jnana, it's counterclockwise. <laughs> you want to stop the time, we want to enter into a world of time. We don't. We want to go beyond time, but there's transcendental time. Where there's sequence. There has to be sequence. Time for the sake of sequence for Leela. No beginnings or ends, but for sequence, from one leela to another. Hmm. There's time one, time two, time three, and time four. <laughs> so different kinds of time. Hmm. So Padasevanam is one of the one of the Navalakshan, one of the angas, nine principal angas of bhakti given by Prahlad. And um, this is is the right idea that you can go to. Well, of course, we use uh, conveyances and so forth, and times gone by, there weren't such conveyances, um, and um, and they weren't, you, you know, you, you wouldn't ride a car or even a horse or um, and so forth um, to go to the temple, but to go on on foot. We extend the idea, Bhaktisiddhanta extended the idea, and said, we will use everything in Krishna's service, so. If people are using motor cars for one thing, we'll use them for Krishna. So he rode in a motor car hmm, to go different places and shocked the world with his kind of of India and Gaudiya world with his dynamic kind of thinking. So, but see, just see, if you had to walk here, I'd be gone by the time you got here. <laughs> so he wisely took a plane and and did padasevanam hmm, in your mind by thinking about that and asking about it further and so forth. So, does that help? Yeah, it's an interesting topic. Another question? How would you translate Chitta in the context of the Then It's untranslatable. It's, 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 Chaitanya Mahaprabhu compared the Chitta to a mirror. Hmm? So, it's kind of a mirror of perception. Hmm? You take the mirror and you place it here, an image comes on it. Hmm? So it collects images, if you will, of the world, impressions of the world, uh, perceptions and impressions, and they inform action then. Hmm? Something like that. So he said, 
this mirror of the cheta needs to be cleansed. So you take the, all the images and the samskars, the impressions of the world stored in the chitta, cleanse them out by kirtan, and on that chitta will become the impressions of Krishna, bhakti, brittis. So you say, it's like when you say the I am state, that's just chitta and ahankara is the I do part, like the pure state of self-awareness I don't understand your question Which, well I'm just thinking that if the other three are the last three most subtle elements of matter they're still material intelligence, ego and mind Chitta is usually translated as consciousness so I'm just but to say that one of the awareness you mean so yeah would it be like a, an aspect of because Krishna would be deep person it's not like he's my intelligence in, 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 the, in the metaphor or allegory maybe something like perception hmm? so there's more to, to we often think of consciousness as perception if you're more perceptive you're thought to be more conscious so the chitta is, is, is function is perception perhaps you could think of it like that but, the, but of course consciousness proper it gives the chitta power to perceive and it itself is more than perception. It's a perceiver. I've given an example of the light. The light is luminous, and it also illuminates other things. So its capacity to illuminate other things speaks about its capacity to be, to perceive. So chitta is the, is the subtle organ for, perhaps we can think of it like that. Sometimes it's called consciousness, contaminated consciousness, I think Prabhupada refers to it. Awareness, perception. If somebody attain mukti, ahankar is there? No. Depends on the kind of mukti. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the ahankar is, is destroyed, but if you get bhakti, you get, get a spiritual ahankar. But that's a different thing. No. Pardon? In the regular, you know, the Majavadi conception. What about it? Mukti. That, yeah, they, they, well, Mayavadi conception of Mukti, that's not a, that's not a reality. The Mayavad means the idea that there is no jiva. The jiva, the individual jiva is an illusion. Hmm? Uh-huh. The Mayavad philosophy says there is no jiva. There is only Brahman. Hmm? There is an illusory idea of jiva and world. There's only Brahman. So when you dissolve the ahankar, there's only Brahman. Hmm? And is a state of, they say this is a state of pure awareness. Awareness of what? There's nothing to be aware of. You're just aware. It doesn't make a lot of sense because awareness implies awareness of something, an object. But it's pure subjectivity. There's no object. Hmm? So therefore, it's compared to like some kind of deep sleep or something like that. It's contentless awareness. You tell me what that is. Contentless awareness. So, but according to the Bhagavad and the Gita, the Sundarbhas and so forth, that that doesn't exist. That there is a jiva. Hmm? There is a jiva. Therefore, it's said that that. Even a jiva 
fully identified with Brahman can attain a spiritual body and serve in Leela. Can, can, can. Hmm? Theoretically, by the grace of Krishna. Theoretically. The point being that the jiva is real. Tatasta Shakti. It's not an illusion. It, there is an individual atomic atomic particle. There are particles that are jivas. In the, in the Mayabhad philosophy, the idea is like something like this. There's air, and now there's air here. There's air inside of here. That's the individuality. If I do away with this covering, no. then there's only air. That's their idea. Mm-hmm. So it's a self-destruct kind of a idea. But um, careful study of the scriptures, from our perspective, does not support that. There is a Brahma Sayuja to merge with Brahman, hmm? but it's but it's not that the individuality of the jiva is somehow destroyed. Hmm? Therefore, it said theoretically, it's possible for the liberated jiva merged in Brahman to attain a swarup, a spiritual form, for serving in Leela. Hmm? It doesn't happen. <laughs> it could, but it could because the point being because there is a jiva, there is a jiva. But we ourselves, in Gaudiya terminology, I mean, like Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur says, Kaivalyam Narakayate. They, 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 they consider this merging idea to be like a spiritual suicide. Because the prospect of the jiva is, is much greater than just pure awareness. They use the term Aham Brahmasmiyams. Yeah, because they say, I am Brahman, there is no jiva. I am Brahman, there's only Brahman. Hmm? But for preaching Vaishnavas, we can say Aham Brahmasmiyams We can say it, but we have a different understanding of Brahman. Hmm? Same same aphorism, but what is what are you referring to by saying it? So we have a different understanding of Brahman. Hmm? There is a jiva, and a jiva. The jiva is is Brahman only only in one sense that it's Brahman is consciousness. It's consciousness in that sense. It is. Otherwise, it's not. It's the Tasta Shakti. It's not Brahman. It's a particle of Tatasta Shakti. It's not Brahman. It's a Shakti of Brahman. In the its quality is that it's chit, chit. like Brahman. Hmm? But it's also different in quality. If you look at all of its qualities, hmm? it has qualities that are different than Brahman. Hmm? <laughs> So it's different at the same time, and it's quantitatively different also. Therefore, it's called Chitanu. Particle of Chit. But it's not, if you take the particle, it's not entirely the same as Brahman. Hmm. So, different philosophies, different prospects for the Jiva. What else? Was the time? Thirty. Okay, so we'll stop there. You all have a good night's rest. We'll meet again tomorrow morning, tomorrow night, and tomorrow. the next day. Tomorrow. Yeah. Sri Guru Parampara ki jai. Gaur Bhaktabindh ki jai. Gaur Premanandi.